Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Balanced Blonde Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger. And on this podcast, we get into all sorts of good stuff, deep stuff, spiritual stuff, and beyond. And today is no exception at all. We are talking to my dear friend, Lily Ashwell. Lily Ashwell is an intuitive astrologer. Many of you may know her from her store that used to be on Rose Avenue called Lily Ashwell, which was a clothing store with the most beautiful dresses, which were all designed by Lily. And since then, Lily has been on a journey of awakening, healing, basically going through the dark night of her own soul, which I can relate to. And many people I know who listen to this podcast can relate to. Lily and I connected because we both have had Lyme disease and we have been healing on a very similar trajectory. In fact, it is wild. If I told you guys all the parallels and similarities between Lily and myself and the healing and the things that we've tried and the doctors that we've seen and the healing sessions that we've done together and separately, you wouldn't even believe the similarities and so much of what we've done in order to heal. We actually met, as we talk about in this episode, at an angel frequency healing together in late 2019. But it feels like I've known Lily forever, probably because we have many lifetimes together and she's such a sister energy to me. If you've ever seen a picture or a boomerang on Instagram of me and Lily, you know, we just come from the same place. We are soul sisters in every single way and we vibrate on the same frequency. We have done water fast together in the same house, which is where we really, really, really got close. And since then, Lily has tried bee venom therapy. So we talk about that in this conversation. And more importantly than being sick, because we don't really like to focus on that since we are healing and we know that everything is energy and words are energy. So we don't refer to ourselves as sick. We are absolutely both healing. We really get into what Lily has done and what Lily has focused on since pivoting her entire career. Um, As I said, she had her clothing store in Venice and then she pivoted into astrology and she just released her Heavenly Bodies astrology deck, which is a deck and a guidebook that is completely created from Lily's soul home. It is a 51 card deck and 144 page guidebook that's all about astrology. So it's about 
your not only your zodiac signs, your horoscope, your astrological placement, but also what to do during a full moon and a new moon and helps you connect with your spirit guides and beyond. And what's wild about this, you guys, is Lily has done the artwork and the writing and the channeling. And I could go on. It's beautiful. It's so celestial. It will blow your mind when I see it. It makes me return to my own soul's home and it shows me so much and has taught me so much about even just my own cosmic identity because looking at it, looking at the photos, looking at the artwork that she's made, I'm like, oh yeah, that's my soul's home. We come from the same place. We vibrate on the same frequency. So I know you guys will love it. We are actually offering a giveaway of Lily's astrology deck called Heavenly Bodies, which you can check out on lilyashwell.com. For everyone who rates and reviews this podcast episode, follows Lily Ashwell on Instagram, as well as TBB podcast on Instagram. And then you can enter by rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes and emailing me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancemon.com. And on top of that giveaway, I am working with a handful of my favorite brands to do a very special giveaway for you guys every week this month and also the first week of March. So you can enter each week by following TBB Podcast again on Instagram. This is a revived page. We're revamping it. We have someone working with the page now, creating graphics. It's so beautiful. So just follow there on Instagram. Comment on the top three photos on TBB podcast and rate and review the show on iTunes and email me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancemon.com. So this week, there will be two chances to win. You will either win a package of Cured Nutrition CBD, Olipop Healthy Soda, Go Macro Vegan Bars, Liquid IV, Hydration Supplements, And then the second chance to win will be Lily's deck, which is so exciting. So before we get into today's episode with Lily, I would love to thank our sponsor for today's show, Olipop. Olipop is my latest obsession. It is such a hit in the Albrecht household right now. I'm obsessed with it. Jonathan's obsessed with it. It is a healthy alternative to soda. It tastes just like the sodas that we all grew up with, but without all of the added sugar and artificial ingredients. That's right. It's completely TBB approved, very low sugar. It's non-GMO, vegan, paleo, keto friendly, and has less than eight grams of carbs per can. You guys will love their products. They're also very good for the gut, which we will get into. But first, I want to tell you about the flavors. My favorite flavor right now is the cherry vanilla. It's so good. So they have a bunch of delicious nostalgic flavors like vintage cola, which is Jonathan's favorite, classic root beer, which is my mom's favorite. And pro tip, you can have the root beer with some coconut vegan ice cream. It is so good. Oh my God. It reminds me of just being at like the classic diner in my hometown after Sunday school and having the most delicious root beer float. They also have orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, and strawberry vanilla. So like I was saying, they have gut health benefits, which is incredible. So whether you take probiotic supplements or you eat prebiotic and fiber-rich foods, you will love that Olipop supports a healthy gut microbiome thanks to the prebiotics, botanical extracts, and nine grams of plant fiber in each can. So prebiotics are basically food for your probiotics, aka good bacteria in your gut. 
And the truth is 95% of adults do not get enough fiber, especially in America. So you can add to that by having a healthy, delicious, natural soda alternative. I mean, how amazing is that? You can shop for Olipop at over 3,000 stores across the country including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Erewhon. And you can also use my exclusive deal if you shop online, which is drinkolipop.com slash blonde to get 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. This is an amazing way to try all of the delicious flavors that I mentioned. So go to drinkolipop.com slash blonde or use the code blonde at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K. O-L-I-P-O-P dot com slash B-L-O-N-D-E, which is only valid for the variety pack. So thank you, Olipop, for sponsoring the show. Thank you for offering this amazing discount. Now let's head into this episode with Lily Ashwell. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. Lily, I'm so happy that you're here. Me too. My healing soul sister. We have been on a journey together. We have. Individually and together for many years now. Yes. And well, actually, we've only known each other for a year. I think it's been about a year now. Well, it was right before Christmas that we did the Angel Frequency Healing 2019. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that as we get into the conversation. But we've just been talking for hours. You did my astrology chart. We're going to talk all about it. I did a little reading on you. Watched you shapeshift. My (laughs) favorite thing because you shapeshift into so many angelic things. And I'm just so honored to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah. We always knew we would do this when we were both healthy enough. Yes. So this is kind of like monumental for both of us in a lot of ways. It is. It's very special. It is. So let's just start out by having you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about this journey that you've been on for the last handful of years. Yeah. So I am Lily. I am an intuitive astrologer and an artist and spiritual seeker. And I am really passionate about studying our true energetic nature through energy systems like astrology. And I um, explore my research through making meditative drawings and paintings and writing. And my most recent project um, was born from a three-year obsession of studying astrology. And I created a um, beautiful universe called Heavenly Bodies Astrology, which is a book and deck that teaches you um, or gives you everything you need for your astrological education. But this all happened while I was on my own pretty major healing journey of Lyme disease. This has been the last three years of my life. It has been incredibly challenging, but really the dark night of my soul. Yes, which which we will get into for sure. Yeah. The dark night of the soul and the reawakening. And the reawakening and the journey home to myself. Yes. And this Heavenly Bodies deck that you've created 
is literally a world in and of itself. We have it here with us right now. The colors are so celestial, which Mm -hmm. you know I love. There's the blues and the lavenders. And what's so unique about this deck that you've created is that you've done everything. Yeah, You have done the art, the writing, the astrological downloads mm-hmm. and like the whole astrology component. Yeah. And um, I mean, people listening who, you know, I think are very familiar with different decks, angel decks, tarot decks, astrology decks are probably used to, there's like a writer and then there's an artist yeah. and there's a channeler and blah, blah. You've done everything. I have done everything. And you've done a lot of this in healing settings that... Mm-hmm. I am so familiar with, and a lot of people listening, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast have had chronic illness and a lot of them haven't, thankfully. Um, Many of the women and men out there, they've had Lyme too. And so they know like the doctor's offices, the healing facilities, the endless time that you and I have both spent just healing. And I've always looked at you and I've seen you working on this very elaborate, Mm -hmm. deep project. You know, when I'm laying there in bed watching Real Housewives of Orange (laughs) County, for example, on our water fast, and you're completing this epic thing that we're holding in our hands now. So I just have to commend you for that. It's huge. Thank you. Yeah, it feels like, you know, I knew while I was working on it through my, my darkest times with Lyme that this was kind of giving meaning to the experience that I was having and that my physical healing was kind of going to be on the same trajectory as like the completion of this project. Like I always had this knowing that part of why I was unwell and part of why I needed to sort of retreat from the world for a period of time was to channel and focus and create this body of work, which helped me understand the kind of energetic journey that I was on with my, with my Lyme disease. And it helped me kind of grasp the, the transformation that I was going through. And then to have like this physical body of work like waiting for me at the end of the tunnel to sort of like tie it all together has been really beautiful. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And you always knew that it would mirror your healing. Yes. You always said that. Yeah. And and what was beautiful about that is that you were never in a rush, you know, no. from my perspective. And yeah. I have had to learn how to not rush through life. And you were always, you know, you knew that this was going to come to fruition and you were going to heal. And then you would kind of simultaneously reemerge into things that you hadn't done for so long, like social media. Yes. And that's cool. Yeah. I want to take people through like the journey that you went on with your business as yeah. well, because you had a clothing store. I did. Super popular here in LA. Mm-hmm. I used to shop there before we knew each other. Yeah. And, and you walked away from that to do what you do now. So talk about that. Yeah. So I, um, I've always been an artist and creative, but in my twenties, um, my focus or the main kind of outlet for my creativity was clothing design and fashion. 
I went to art school and studied fashion design and uh, started a clothing line in 2012. And we made really beautiful things that I felt really proud of and I still I still feel proud of, but the actual process of creating the collections was kind of far removed from my hands-on artistry because you have to rely on different people to sort of produce these collections. So it's not me actually sitting and sewing the clothes. So I did feel kind of like creatively a little disconnected from that business. And then, which brought me to opening a store in 2015, because I I thought that maybe having a physical place to sort of like create my own vision and create a universe within would kind of give me that more like tactile connection to my creativity. And it did. And I felt really connected to that shop. And then it was really special to sort of walk into this space that really captured my aesthetic and and my soul in some in some ways but it was a big responsibility and you know it it takes a village to bring something like that to life and so i found myself managing employees and you know needing to meet like monthly sales goals because we had an overhead that had to be considered and so i was pretty stressed and um most of my time was spent kind of running the business side of things. So creatively, once again, I was feeling kind of drained and disconnected from like my true talent, which is really bringing my, the visions that I see internally to life. So this was in 2017 and 2018 when I really started to feel disconnected from that business. And at the same time, I was feeling I was in a relationship that was I, I knew wasn't going to be working for too much longer. And my body was starting to really kind of weigh me down. And so the three kind of major pillars in my life in 2018, um, my relationship, the partner that I was living with, and my physical body that I was living inside of, and the business that I had poured, you know, my entire adult life into creating, I could feel kind of slipping like out of my grasp. And so I made the tough decision to step away from the relationship and to untie myself from that business. And, you know, I don't know if I would have done so had my body been um, totally healthy and robust, but it was, I just was, my energy was so low and I just didn't have that fight in me to sort of Mm -hmm. pour energy into things that I knew were kind of depleting me. So that was the first blessing of this health journey was it kind of pushed me to into making some decisions that were really challenging. Yeah. And I don't know if I would have had the courage had, had my body not sort of required it of me. Yeah. I think about that so much yeah. with Lyme. As we always, we say to each other all the time, Lyme is our greatest teacher. Mm-hmm. It's been such a curse and a blessing. Yeah. Mostly a blessing, but very painful. And it continues to be at times. And I always feel like people get chronic illness because they're being called to wake up 
to something deeper, Mm -hmm. to being in alignment with their soul's path. And for you, it's true creativity and true, like the great, you know, next great love of your life is going to come into your life. And all these things were meant to happen. Yes. But we see a lot of people living these very status quo lives, Mm -hmm. being pretty comfortable with it. And that's also fine. That's just not us. Totally. And it's just crazy because you and I have so many similarities. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And I similar think, health parallels. I think that for me, and I think probably the same for you, a big lesson I came here to learn is trust in the universe, which we were talking a little bit earlier about stepping out of that masculine, like needing to do and move forward and plan and kind of like stepping more into the feminine space of just kind of being in our truth and trusting that if we're in like in the current, that the right things would come to us. Mm -hmm. And, and I think for me, you know, that was my comfort zone was to sort of feel like I had all my boxes checked. I had my relationship and I had my, my business and I had sort of like my, my plan that was, you know, I, I, I felt pretty settled in my life for a little while, but in, but it wasn't, it wasn't connected to who I truly am. Mm -hmm. And it was scary to step away from all of that. But now I feel this unbelievable connection to my truth. And I just know that the right things are kind of flowing into my, my space. They definitely are. Yeah. So how did you begin to reconnect to yourself? Well, in 2018, I kind of cleared the space first. So I think that I had to kind of get rid of a lot of noise, like all of the distraction had to go. So I kind of created an atmosphere in my life where it was just me and me. And so I had about a year where I was really um, in a cocoon. I didn't see hardly even my family. I was just pretty dedicated to making art and at that time studying astrology at a much deeper level than I ever had with no plan. It wasn't like I knew that this would be my next career move. It was just something that I felt called to explore and I kind of honored that and and built my life around around doing what I knew was deeply nourishing for me on every level. And mm-hmm. so I was, you know, I, I cleaned up my diet. I stopped drinking. I stopped, I stopped eating food that I knew wasn't making me feel great. I stopped over-exercising. I kind of just really tuned in and started treating myself much better. And at that time, I had to do that alone. You know, I struggle, I think like you, a little bit with kind of being overly considerate of how what others might need from you or people pleasing. And so I felt initially a little self-conscious when I was like stepping into a new way of living. And I really needed to give myself space to do that alone. And so this project, this Heavenly Bodies project gave me kind of structure and focus. And and little by little, it kind of showed me what I was capable of. It was like making this thing that is so beautiful, that was so kind of intuitive 
And from my soul, it kind of, it's like shown me that like I'm enough and I, I have beauty to share if I just kind of like let myself be me. Wow. Yeah. That is so beautiful. And it's true. You are enough. You're so more than enough. And this project is like your soul's offering to the world. Yeah. The first of many, I feel. And, you know, as well as like the Lily Ashwell store was in its time that too. Mm -hmm. You just outgrew it and outgrew like what became of it, which as we talk about is kind of the masculine way, you know, it's very like you do this, you open a brick and mortar store. It's very successful. And it, and it was very Mm -hmm. successful. And you chose, I would say the feminine way, which is to really listen to your intuition, close something that was very successful and trust what's to come, what was to come. Yeah. I was really kind of embarrassed truthfully a little bit when I closed the store because, you know, my business was my name. And so it felt kind of, you know, it was weird to sort of like paint over my name on this building in the neighborhood that I still live in. Right. And it was on Rose, it was on right? Rose, yeah. So people who know LA, Rose yeah. Avenue, Venice, it's like the epitome epicenter of cool things, yeah. restaurants businesses, stores. Yeah, it's a a cool little street. And I felt, I did feel kind of a certain level of shame or failure or something when I closed it down. But now it's, I'm so proud of myself for walking away from Mm -hmm. it. It's like, that was really the ultimate kind of like self-care move. Hell yeah. I feel as proud as I am of what I created there. I'm equally proud of knowing that it kind of ran its course and it wasn't working for me anymore. Yeah. I'm so proud of you for that too. And it is, you really listened to your intuition and like the spiritual side of yourself to walk away from it, which I'm sure wasn't hard to do. And I'm familiar very much with having your business be your name Mm -hmm. and like what that means. And oh my God, like the brand is me and I'm the brand and I'm changing. And there's a lot of struggle there. Mm -hmm. And when you get into the astrology of it, you were in your Saturn return, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I had a late Saturn return. My Saturn return was, it was then exactly. I was 29. It was like 29 and 30. Usually Mm -hmm. people are 27. Mine was early. Was it? A little early. 27 to 20. Nine for me, pretty much. Maybe like late 26 to 29. It was was a journey. It it is a journey for all of us. Saturn return for people who don't know. Saturn return is when Saturn repositions at the place that it was at at the time of your birth. And so Saturn is kind of like, I always say that Saturn is like the chiropractor and the return is the adjustment. So it's like wherever we've been kind of procrastinating or burying our head in the sand or kind of silencing our intuition, it's all going to become glaringly obvious during the Saturn return because it wants to kind of push us onto our highest life path. So for people who are you know, lucky enough to be super tuned in from a young age and are maybe already kind of like living their highest path come 
27, 28, 29, they might not really feel their Saturn return. But for people like me who are kind of running away from some uncomfortable truths, it can be a pretty explosive and uncomfortable time. But it's ultimately just tough love from the universe. It's not something to be scared of or to to run away from. It's something to just sort of lean into and embrace because it's there to carry you into a much higher vibration of living and being. Mm-hmm. And your Saturn is where? My Saturn is in Capricorn. Like mine? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Did yeah. we ever know? Well, you probably knew that. I Yeah, I knew that. In the fourth house. So uh-huh. wherever wherever Saturn is located in your chart, it's somewhere that you feel like a sense of lack or kind of restricted or, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's like it's a tight feeling. So mine's on like the, the cusp of my third and fourth house. So that's like right at the bottom of the chart. So that's about like nest and kind of childhood family um, and like early schooling and communication. So the way that I read my Saturn down there is about kind of not feeling like I could express myself freely, like as a young as a mm-hmm. young kid. And of course, that kind of echoes into adult life. And, you know, that's something that you're always kind of, you know, if you're conscious of it, then it's something that, you know, I try and take care of and nurture my Saturn and make sure that I allow myself to kind of be me, even if I feel shy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You push past it. Yeah. So, my Saturn is Capricorn. Do you remember what house mine is in? Yeah, your Saturn is Capricorn in the 12th house. And what so, does that mean? Well, the 12th house is the most spiritual house. So if we think of the 12 houses of astrology as like a life cycle, house one is birth. So it's like it's like where we individuate from the collective and like are given our own body and mm-hmm. our own identity. And then you go all the way around to house 12, which is like it's transcendence. It's where we transcend our physical form and mm-hmm. like merge back into the collective. So having Capricorn, so then your 12th house is, is in Capricorn, which is like kind of funny because Capricorn is earth and then you have your Saturn there. So you, you have a, a difficult, like a spiritually difficult relationship to earth energy is based on everything else going on in your chart. That's how I read that Saturn in the 12th house. Yeah. Yeah. And as you were telling me before we started recording, that's my only earth, right? You, well, you have that and then you have, um, you have no other planets in any earth signs, but then you have your moon and Chiron are conjunct in the sixth house, which is an earthy house. And that's the only earthy house that you've got any mm-hmm. activity in. But Chiron is a spiritual injury. It's the injury that never heals. So your only earth activity in your chart are the two kind of spiritually challenging energies, which would be Saturn and Chiron. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that as you know, you always joke about how Jonathan says you aren't from here and Mm -hmm. you're really not. I'm really not. You're really not. I'm really not. I'm full celestial air. And talking to you about that before we started recording was so 
affirming and helpful because yeah. you were saying even my diet reflects yeah. the air. Yes. The air, the celestial body. Yeah. You have you have a lot of water in your chart. And so I see a lot of a lot of like karmic weight that you're kind of like that has come with you into this lifetime from past lives of your own and through your family line and you know it's made you a really spiritual person and you're experiencing a really spiritual life but you've got um it all kind of moving into your eighth house sun mercury venus stellium so you've got three of your most important planets in this watery eighth house, which is an air sign, it's Libra. So I see the eighth house is like the house of alchemy. So all of this kind of spiritual, emotional baggage goes into the eighth house and you transmute it into, into air. Like you turn it into ether with this Libra energy and you turn it into something beautiful because you have Venus there too. And Venus is how is how we experience beauty, what we see as beautiful. And, you know, the eighth house is about what lies beneath the surface. It's kind of like the taboo. And so you, you're experiencing, you know, some, there's some darkness to this journey that you've been given, but you're, you're seeing the beauty and transformation and kind of like the beauty and healing. And then with Mercury there too, you're sharing that kind of that transformative process with others and helping them see the beauty in in that kind of like shadow work too. I love that. Yeah. That feels so spot on. Mm -hmm. And you're so gifted at reading astrology. I mean, I just love your approach to it. And it's like very clear to me that that's your language. Mm, You speak that language. You know, it feels more fluent to me than like English. I know. I can tell. I mean, just like I know you so well. And also when I look for everyone listening, when I look at Lily's face and I see her shapeshift as one of my gifts, what I'm able to see, I see astrology in your face. I see the moon. I see Mars. I see stars. I see whatever you're really like talking about in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it's so clear that this is your path. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. All right, guys, let's talk about this incredible brand that I am loving right now called Can Euphorix. Can Euphorix is the first non-alcoholic drink for grownups who care about all of the amazing little things like brain function, hormone harmony, amazing sex, and de-stressing after a crazy day. They're stacked with so much good stuff. They're completely TBB approved, of course. Think adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms that help to curb stress in the moment and over time, as well as nootropics that support cognitive function like clarity, memory, and creativity. This brand is built by women for women. And what I love about them is that they're on a mission to reimagine the social ritual of drinking without wagering on people's health and well being, which I love because I haven't had alcohol in two and a half years. And even before that, I really wasn't a drinker. Ever since I turned 21, I wasn't into alcohol. But I wasn't always comfortable not drinking because it was such a part of the ritual of going out and celebrating and being with people. So whether you tried out dry January and you enjoyed it, or maybe you're sober like me, or maybe you just 
like to explore drinking less often to support your health. I think you will love how fun these drinks are and they also are mood defining for every occasion. It's like the Spotify of beverages, which is so cool. So there's the High Road, the Kin Spritz, and the Dream Light. The High Road is something that I reach for after a long day. It's perfect for social hour. It helps you relax and just kind of helps your mind feel more at ease. The Kin Spritz is very fun. I like to reach for that one around 4 p.m. to beat that afternoon slump that sometimes comes on. And then the Dream Light helps me sleep. It tastes amazing, melts away stress, and is full of the good stuff. We have worked out a special deal for the Balanced Bond podcast listeners. Receive 15% off plus free shipping on your order. Go to kinuforex.com slash blonde or use the code blonde at checkout to claim this deal. That's K-I-N-E-U-P-H-O-R-I-C-S.com slash blonde. Enjoy. Tag me on Instagram if you try. Now let's head back into this episode with Lily. So... Backing up a little, you were healing. You've been healing for the last several years. Mm-hmm. We have done so many of the same things to heal. Yes. We have seen angel frequency healers together. We've done a lot of Ayurveda. We've seen Chinese doctors who make pills out of thin air. <laughs> we have water fasted together and so many other things. Um, we've had many of the same doctors. We still have the same doctor. So what would you say of all the things you've done to work online? What has helped you the most? I think about that often because I have done so much. And, you know, it's hard to say because I am, it's undeniable how much healing has gone down in my body. But when you've done so much, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what really moved the needle. I currently do bee venom therapy. That's the only Lyme treatment that I'm doing these days. And I'm seven months in and it's the only time in my journey where I have felt like linear, consistent progress. So there's no question that the bees are working wonders for me. And if I were to you know, if a if a friend or a family member, God forbid, was given a Lyme diagnosis and if they asked me, you know, what their first step should be, well, I would probably tell them to take a year and to clean up their diet and just to sort of like bring inflammation down just through lifestyle stuff. And then I would say to start bee venom therapy. But in saying that, I don't I don't know if the reason that I'm having such success with bee venom therapy is partly due to how much work I did before starting it, you right? know? That's so part of it. I it's think, true. And from a spiritual kind of perspective, I, I did a lot of inner work and a lot of healing before starting bee venom therapy too. So I feel like my body, you know, energetically was ready, like was open to sort of receive the healing and, Earlier on in my in my Lyme experience, you know, every time I went into a new treatment, I would I would pray and I would ask the universe to let this be the thing that that healed me. And 
you know, it never was. And, but it was like a grabbing sort of like almost desperate, like request because I, I was desperate to feel better. But, but then, you know, when I finally made the decision to start bee venom therapy and I, I now realize that the person I was on so many occasions when I prayed and asked for that healing, I, I wasn't ready to be well yet. Lyme was still teaching me and it was mm-hmm. still shaping me. And I became so many like layers were still like shedding off. And, you know, I had a jaw cavitation surgery like you. I had that um, procedure done in June 2019. Super painful, a, really a tough thing to go through. And I, did a lot of journaling at that time. I was at a clinic in Switzerland where I did that. And my journal pages are just like begging, pleading for this to be the thing mm-hmm. that clears my body of any of any disease. And, and for me, it wasn't a game changer. You know, I don't know if in the long run it probably helped, but when I think of the person who was there in June 2019, I needed to, I still had a an emotional journey to go on mm-hmm. and and Lyme kind of forced me on that path and so in some ways I'm glad that my my healing didn't start until you know the last six or seven right. months really right well I think you were healing the whole time of course yeah slowly, yeah. Healing, slowly. healing slowly the whole time but but I up until the bee venom I I always had the the head like the mindset that I was going to start a treatment or start a protocol and that it was going to be like a light switch healing moment Mm -hmm. and that it would be like, you know, it would all of a sudden I would be well. Right. And, and that never happened. And with the bees, I wouldn't say it's been a light switch moment, but it's been baby steps like every week where I feel like profoundly better. Wow. And you were so intuitively called to the bees. I was very you called were to the for bees for a long time. And yeah. everything I've seen you do that you've been intuitively called to from the bean protocol mm-hmm. to the bee venom therapy and even when we fasted together like has healed on different levels yeah. you yes. I would say. Yeah. And Yes, you answer that question so beautifully because there is no miracle healing <laughs> pill. I wish there was. It's like a lifestyle and then it's just like, what does Lyme have left to teach you? Yeah, it's it's relentless. I mean, it's very Saturnian, like back yeah. to Saturn. It's like, it is that kind of an energy where it's like so uncomfortable and so tough and scary, but like, it's also been kind of blessing after blessing. Right, and right. So bee venom therapy, mm-hmm. I've never had someone on the podcast really? to talk about it yet. Just tell us a little bit of like, how does it work? Okay. So I learned through the Heal Hive um, and I think that it's a wonderful program and I would recommend anyone interested in bee venom therapy, looking to them as a resource. But what it is, is you 
have a little hive. I don't actually keep bees myself. I have a beekeeper in Topanga that I pick bees up from every couple of weeks. And then I have like a little indoor hive that I keep them in. And three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I sting myself along my spine. I take these long tweezers and I, I pick them up that way. And then I look in the mirror and I place them along my spine and you do 10 stings per session. So it's 30 stings a week, but you slowly work up to that, that level of stinging. So you start with just one sting and it took me about six months to get to 10 stings. That was one of my favorite parts of this treatment, truthfully, is you can really control the level of detox that you experience because if you find yourself feeling like unbelievably fatigued or like if you get a major flare-up after a sting session, you know that you can just go down a sting. So you can kind of monitor it in a way that is harder with other treatments. And yeah, I mean, that's really all you do, but I think it's important that people understand histamines and inflammation before going into a protocol like this, because those are the things that are going to make it uncomfortable or potentially dangerous because you need to make sure that your histamine bucket is low. And mm-hmm. most normal people don't even know what that is. Right. Um, we so, have both had <laughs> we major know. mast cell activation syndrome. Yes. What up? So, worst. you know, it's important to eat a low histamine diet and to pay attention to your inflammation and to kind of keep things as low and cool as possible. Do you eat low histamine? I do not as rigidly as I did when I began the venom. I still don't do nightshades. I still don't do tomatoes. I'm aware of histamines. Like I am careful with leftovers and I kind of know, you know, I don't, I wouldn't eat like a ton of avocado at mm-hmm. once, but what about bananas? I eat bananas sometimes. I live off of bananas. Yeah. I mean, they're delicious. I know. I'm not good with eating low histamine, but it's for know, bee venom. You it. just have to right. a little bit because it's, you know, the thing that people are always scared of is of course anaphylactic. And that mm-hmm. is a, So you carry an EpiPen I, with you. I carry an EpiPen and when you sting yourself, you keep a fully charged phone with you. So if God forbid anything scary happened, you're ready to call for help. And then I keep an EpiPen and liquid Benadryl with me. I've never had even the slightest bit of a scary feeling, but it's just nice to have those measures in place. Absolutely. I'm so inspired by your bee venom therapy journey. Yeah. And you know, I was like pulled to it and then didn't Mm -hmm. do it for certain reasons. Doesn't mean I never will. Yeah. But when you're talking about this, it reminds me when Jonathan and I were on our honeymoon in Sumba Island off the coast of Bali, as remote as it gets. I had all these like vegan requests and stuff and they were making me all these special meals. And I had a smoothie bowl one morning with um, bee pollen Mm. all over it. My request, I usually eat bee pollen here and I'm fine. I had a huge reaction and my throat closed up. Oh. And there's no, I mean, there's no hospitals on this island. Like it was terrifying. Panic attack full works everything and realize the importance of carrying an EpiPen when you do have this, you know, 
issue that we have, totally. which is like a histamine, very easily inflamed. And I was like, where, what's going on? I've always eaten bee yeah. pollen. So That's that was crazy. crazy. That was crazy. That scary. was a teacher to me too, to like, listen, and yeah. be, okay, maybe this isn't for me, anything having to do with the bees right now, yeah. but that was a while ago. Scary. I know. So crazy. So now that you've healed so much, you're really reintegrating into your life, I would say. Mm-hmm. You moved back into your house. I did. You released your deck, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And you're back kind of more on social media. Mm-hmm. How how does that feel? It feels really good and really healing. I think when I was in the the depths of of my illness, I kind of needed to disconnect from any sort of identity. Like I needed to remove anything like familiar. So I literally moved out of the country. Um, I moved out of my house. I went to to London and I just kind of lived this sort of gypsy life for about 18 months because it felt it felt easier for me to sort of surrender into this like strange healing vortex if I had no attachment to like how my life was supposed to look. And so a few months ago, I finally came back home to Venice um, into the house that I've lived in on and off for the last eight and a half years now. And I was really nervous, truthfully, to come back there because I've been through so much in the last few years. And I, you know, I anticipated that it might feel kind of weird to go back into this very familiar place being such a different person that I am now. And I was I was scared that it was gonna kind of bring up, you know, make me miss the life that I had maybe before there. And it did and it didn't. It's like I think it's actually been really healthy to kind of be back in this place and to sort of like embrace all aspects of myself, like embrace the life that I had there before and to build a new life as who I am now under the same roof. And, you know, this is all really, the the release of this deck is really exciting and I feel so proud of it. It's not only very personal to me, but it's like my best, best work. It's like, I really, I really focused and like, and asked a lot of myself to, to create this thing. And so I'm kind of letting that lead the way. Like it's, you know, I'll see where this takes me. I don't have, I have like some loose ideas of like my, like my long-term plan and like where I'd like to go with this next, but I feel so confident in this offering and it's so genuine that I know it's going to sort of show me. Yeah. I mean, it shows everything you said. It shows. This is no haphazard project. This is like, (laughs) I just want everyone listening to actually like see it visually. So if you guys are listening and you haven't seen it, you have to just pull it up on the Lily Ashwell Instagram or something. Cause this is 
It's so next level. And what I was telling you about it on the phone the other day is it makes me feel connected to you, but it makes me feel connected to myself. Which and is I, the ultimate, ultimate right? compliment. That, isn't that what you want with a project that's this intuitive? Yes. And I don't even think I've told you this, but when I saw it, I was finally able to tell my designer, this is what I want for my rebrand, not to copy Lily Ashwell, who's amazing, but like I live in this celestial universe Mm -hmm. with you. Our our minds are not from here. Mm -hmm. So when I showed her this, I was like, and it kind of built upon what we've been making our mood board out of. Yeah. She's like, yeah, that's you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, her. that's obviously Lily too. And well, it feels, everything about it is so beautiful. It really feels like a place. Like it doesn't feel like a vision that I invented. It feels like a place that I, I visit in my dreams and that mm-hmm. I know exists. And I kind of just allowed the space for it to come through. And then I kind of harnessed my human discipline to, to make it into something physical. But, you know, my grandmother, my mom's mom was an artist and she's, she's on the other side now, but a lot of her work, her paintings and her sculptures were, you know, they depicted this place too. And I feel like in some ways she began this body of work in her lifetime and and kind of like laid the foundation for me to create this. And I, so I think she was, you know, someone who lived in this place as well in her, in I her imagination. She still does. And there's certain writers and poets that I feel really connected to. Um, who's, like who? Well, whose work, you know, if you've looked at the packaging, I've put a lot of like little poems and some of my favorite, some of my favorite little sayings like throughout the, the packaging. Um, so William Blake, who was a, a poet and a painter and a mystic and an 18th century guy in England. And he, he lived in this place too. It's like there are just Whoa, I need to read more of his stuff. Yeah. And his his he made like illustrations, beautiful drawings with a lot of his poetry and and they're very of this of this realm. So yeah. 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 That's so cool. It's definitely a realm. Oh, look, Hudson just ran to your Hi, deck Eddie. now that I opened the guidebook. <laughs> This realm is a very real place and I'm very, I have a very distinct feeling that anyone who's meant to see it will see it. People who connect to the celestial realms yeah. and the astrological magic. And people had so many questions for you about like creating this, about mm-hmm. creating it and about reading decks. Hudson just wants to kiss you all over oh now. God. The little man. So... What is like the best way to read this deck in your opinion? Well, it can be used in three ways. You can use it just as a normal Oracle deck. Like you could just pull a card and let that card be a message for you. Is that what it is? An Oracle deck? Yeah, like an Oracle deck. So that's like how people use angel cards or um, goddess cards or the tarot even. It's like they're, the cards become symbols that hold messages from our guides or from our loved ones on the other side so that they can give us affirmations or guidance. So, and that can be as simple as pulling a single card. And that's the 
the simplest way to use the deck, but it can also be used. My personal favorite way is to create a visual spread of any astrological placement. So if you are practicing the art of chart reading, which would mean interpreting your birth chart. So for those of you who don't have your birth chart or know what that means, basically at the time we were born, the planets were all in a particular place in the in the heavens. And so you can type in your birth date, time, and location on my website or any um, like astrology site and get- but yours is the prettiest. Mine's the prettiest. <laughs> by far. <laughs> and get a map created of the sky, the time you're born. And then we can use astrology to interpret what that map means. And it can be pretty complicated. It's it's like a lifetime's work to to read astrology, but it's beautiful work and it's inspiring. And this deck can be used to help you on that journey. So, you know, I even, when I read charts, I oftentimes will, will choose the placements that I want to focus on in a chart and I'll create spreads using heavenly bodies of those placements as kind of like, my anchors to keep me kind of on track while I'm telling the story of who you are as reflected in your chart. And it's, you know, and they're inspiring images to look at too. Yeah, they're so beautiful. And then you can also just read the book like as an astrology book um, because it's laid out in a way that kind of delivers the information of how astrology works from start to finish and the cards can be used as study tools almost like flashcards because there's a card for every little piece that goes into a into a chart and so as you familiar familiarize yourself with the cards you are learning astrology i'm so excited about this <laughs> like in so many ways and something i love about the way that you have become an astrologer astrologer mm-hmm. is ve- is that you've done it very intuitively like yeah. you've pretty much taught yourself but do you have a teacher like a few that you look to i like you am actually pretty like floaty and non-linear so i do i don't i kind of struggle like with classes or like sticking to something for too long. And it doesn't mean I'm not interested and it doesn't mean I'm not hardworking because I am, but I just, my focus is kind of a little, yeah, it's different. And like, I'm, I'm inspired really easily. So it's like, you know, I get distracted by, you know, I go off on tangents because I feel you know, I'm just a little different. And so I've never done well in like a traditional classroom setting. I've tried taking different astrology courses over the years. And I would say that this project is like a culmination of a lot of different classes and books and teachings that I've kind of like half completed. I laughed in your intro, <laughs> by the way, when you called yourself an astrology school dropout. Yeah. I was like, that's me with everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yes, like I really do want to get the message across that there is no course or training that makes you, I mean, yes. Okay. Yes. You can become qualified in something, Yeah, but if you have the gift, you have the gift and 
I guess what I'm trying to say here is there are people who are qualified in something that I wouldn't trust whatsoever with my energy. And there are people who are not qualified in quote unquote anything that I would be like, yes, take me on a journey. So I love the way you've done it very intuitively. Well, it really is like astrology, I think can be intimidating for some people because it, you know, it's got all these symbols and it looks like completely otherworldly and foreign, which it is. But what it really is, is a language, like just like any language. And, you know, you can learn the basics, which Heavenly Bodies gives you. And then in terms of like stringing it together and turning it into like a reading, that's just an art form, like anything. So it's like, I would say that the technicality of it is like 30, 40%. And then the rest is just intuition because mm-hmm. we are all made of stardust. <gasps> I knew you were going to say that. I was hoping you were going to That's why I called it heavenly bodies because it's like, of course, the planets and the stars are heavenly bodies, but our bodies, like our human bodies are heavenly as well. And that's my favorite thing about astrology and reading a birth chart is it's like proof that we are of the heavens. Yes, we are. And so it, I think that we can all become intuitive astrologers because we know it in our bones because it's what we're made of, Mm -hmm. really. I agree. I want to ask you some of the questions people sent in for you. And that's why I just um, chucked my phone. (laughs) And then I also want to ask you, I also want to pull a card while we're sitting here. But C of Jess says, I feel very intuitive when reading cards. How can I tell if it's one of my gifts or not? I would say just trust it. It's like, I think that, you know, intuition is, it's not something that um, you need to reach for. You don't need confirmation from anything outside of yourself and just get still and quiet. And if you know something deep in your soul, then it's the truth. I would totally agree. I would say just don't even second guess yourself. Yeah. If you feel if you feel intuitive with something, it's because you are, exactly. which is like so special. It's simpler than we think it is. Yeah, it is simpler than we think it is. So the next question is from Sarah Burke. She says, when reading tarot, do you ever even read the descriptions anymore or do you just go with the feelings? I go with the feeling. It's like, it kind of goes back to what I was saying with astrology, that it's a language. It's like, if you know kind of like the broad brush strokes of what these cards mean, then, you know, you can just use your intuition to thread them together. Totally. Okay, let's talk about my favorite vegan protein bar, which is Go Macro. They are so good, you guys. I have been obsessed with Go Macro for as long as I can remember. They are certified organic, vegan, kosher, non-GMO, clean, raw, and soy-free. And I also love that they are a small mother-daughter-owned business that is based in a rural community. Their mission is to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle. They're dedicated to their farmers, sustainable sourcing, and making a positive impact on the planet. 
They're available in 15 mouthwatering flavors. My personal favorite being the oatmeal chocolate chip, and they have three delicious nut-free flavors, including my favorite, and then the maple sea salt and the sunflower butter and chocolate. And they also have seven certified FODMAP-friendly flavors that so that everyone can enjoy a delicious snack. Get your hands on some of Go Macro's delicious macro bar flavors today by going to gomacro.com and using the promo code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, for 30% off plus free shipping on all orders over $50. Enjoy, and now let's head back into this episode with Lily. Let's see here. Oh, this is fun because this is like a really specific question. Mm-hmm. Anna B. Well says... Struggling with my south node in Pisces and being a projector, how to flow and still plan. How to flow and still plan. Well, with your south node in Pisces, you want to make sure that you are connected to your intuition and that that's kind of like your your guiding light. But you want to make sure that you have clear boundaries with people. And so I think that you know, your planning is going to be about making sure that things feel intuitively aligned for you. And you want to be mindful that you're keeping yourself safe within the boundaries that you've set for yourself. Love that. Um, Sophie Aaron says, what does it mean if you relate way more to your moon sign than your sun sign? Well, we talked about that a little bit earlier. I think that's incredibly natural and human to relate more to your moon than your sun because the purpose of this life is to learn how to express our sun more fully, you know? So I think it's important to be mindful of the qualities of our sun sign and, you know, and devote our our lives to learning how to embrace and express those qualities more and more. Um, but our, the moon is our spirit and it's our emotional world. So that is where we're going to feel like safe and more comfortable. The sun can feel kind of, you know, it can be a little bit more work sometimes, but it's who we're meant to be in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it's important to embrace those qualities too. Totally. Everyone wants to know any recommendations for an astrology book for beginners I would say yours. I would say mine. Heavenly Body. It's super simple. And it's the astrology book for beginners that I wish I had as a beginner, but it can grow and evolve with you as you, as your knowledge expands, which is kind of a cool aspect of it. Yeah, totally. I love that. So let's pull a card. I want us to each pull a card and just see what comes. Okay. I'm so excited. They're so beautiful. They feel really good. I know. Do you okay. have a favorite card? Um, Virgo. You pulled Virgo? Yeah. Oh my God. I have a ton of Virgo energy, you guys. Yeah, and you're a Virgo moon, right? I'm Virgo moon and Virgo rising. It's the energy that I most identify with. Taurus. Interesting something that I have none of. No, but I think patience and sensuality. Yeah. And earth. Yeah. We're kind of trying to heal your, your relationship to earth energy a little bit. Then I pulled Aries. You. That's my, my Aries son. 
I can never just pull one. Jonathan, <laughs> yay, I got Libra. I'm so crazy. I get excited <laughs> when I get my own sun sign. Consideration, fairness, and harmony. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. us. It's us. Libra and Aries. Mm-hmm. Wow. So pretty. I mean, there's just so much detail in each one. There's a universe in each one. It's kind of like a person. It's like my favorite thing of looking at a birth chart is it's like layers upon layers of like our past lives and our soul and then our emotional landscape in this life and our identity. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like looking into a tide pool. It's like endless. And that's kind of what this what the artwork looks like, I think. It, it does. Like I mean, very it's beyond layered. channeled. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I seriously have never seen anything like it. Oh gosh. Well, oh yeah. So I was going to say, so I mean, we know each other really well and then yeah. you did my chart and now yes. you know me like on a whole different level. I do. It, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's- it's like I was telling you, I wasn't I'm not surprised by what I see in your chart. Like it all feels very Jordan, but it's always, it's always pretty awesome to see the soul that I know you to have written in the stars. It is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. I love it so much. And I'm so thankful to have such a talented, intuitive astrologer in my life, such as you. Um, I want to ask you the rapid fires that I ask everyone who comes on. Okay. So where do you see yourself in five years? I am open to wherever my highest path takes, takes me, but I would love to be living somewhere a little more rural, like outside of the city, somewhere beautiful, closer closer to nature. And studying spirituality, it's like my greatest passion and a journey that never ends and making beautiful art and in love and with babies. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I love it so much. What are your, what are your sun rising and moon signs? I am an Aries sun, but it's in the eighth house. So what I was kind of explaining to Jordan earlier is I have those Aries qualities of being independent and kind of pioneering and and brave, but it's in the realm of spirituality and transformation because that's what the eighth house is about. And then I've got my Virgo moon in the 12th house, which is also a very spiritual watery house. And so the way I see my Virgo moon is I'm kind of like, you know, Virgo is earth and it's meticulous and organized and I'm kind of trying to make sense of spirituality. So it would make sense that my obsession is kind of studying these energetic systems. And then I'm Virgo rising. So I approach life through the lens of of Virgo energy. Yeah. So it's important to me to live kind of with reverence and integrity. I know. I was telling you earlier, when I think of you in my head, I think Virgo. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because my friend, Krista, who's a Pisces Capricorn moon, I always think of her as a Capricorn. And it's just, you know, it's not something I control. This is just my subconscious. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel, I don't feel very connected to my Aries son, but I can see how 
I can see like what it's asking of me. And so it's like, it's, I, it's important to me to be, to kind of do my own thing and to be very, uh, to follow my, my gut instinct, um, in the realm of spirituality Mm -hmm. and my transformation. So big. And your North node is Aries. Also Aries. Yeah. Meaning your South node is Libra. Yes. Seventh house. Wow. Are you a night person or a morning person? I, it kind of changes, but I really want to be a morning person and I am sometimes, but I think generally I'm a night person. Yeah. Me too. To a T. Yeah. Favorite crystal. Rose quartz. Coffee or tea? I love coffee so much. It doesn't always agree with me, but I'm going to say coffee. It's the best. Who is your inspiration? Who's my inspiration? You know, I don't have like a single person. Um, It's more of like a way of living. Like I'm really inspired by people who who follow their intuition and aren't afraid to sort of live differently from the mainstream and, and are kind of committed to their own truth and, and looking at life through like a different kind of spiritual lens. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that can kind of take on those qualities, but totally. I love that. Yeah. If you were a color, what color best represents your energy? Blue. (laughs) Beautiful. Uh, What's the hardest thing you've ever been through? Lime. Mic drop to that. (laughs) And you're overcoming it. You've overcome it. It's good. What are your favorite foods? My favorite foods are... I actually really love like healthy, clean eating at this point in my life, but I love comfort foods. So like potatoes and Japanese yams and like healthy chocolate chip cookies that I make and, and fruit, which I know you're a fruit (laughs) gal too. And chocolate, duh, chocolate. I just had a flashback hearing you talk about that. Do you know what I'm going to say? Our our water fast? Yeah, when we... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when we were dreaming about food yeah. and talking about recipes and yeah. watching recipes on YouTube for weeks. Yes. We fasted oh, we together dreaming. and spent a lot of time daydreaming about what we were going to eat. Yes. When the fast was over. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And we just have to like briefly touch on the water yeah. fast because that's where we really yeah. bonded. Yeah. Lived in a house together. Yeah. Many weeks, but felt like many months. Mm-hmm. There's just no way to classify water fast unless you've done one. And it was your first fast and Mm -hmm. you killed it. Well, I had done like we care style fasting before. True. First water fast. Yeah. First water fast, which was far gnarlier than any kind of juice cleanse or we care experience that I've had. Um, But profoundly healing. You were so, you were so strong there. Yeah. I was, you know, that's kind of, that was healing too, like back to what has been the most helpful. I think that brought my inflammation down big time, but it also kind of has given me this new like threshold for what I can withstand. So like whenever I feel scared of something or 
I'm unsure if if I'm cut out to do something, I think of that water fast and I I feel pretty capable of most things yeah. because of that experience. Yeah. It turned us into warriors. Yeah. Like nothing's hard. No. And after you've done that. No, that's that was that was the hardest thing I think I've ever done, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> but to have oh you there. Oh my God. Yes. It was hard. Yeah. It was hard. And then we got to eat fruit yes. after that when we were coming yes. off of the fast. I mean, it was a really beautiful yeah. time. I think of it really fondly. I do too. The dreams. That was kind of the craziest thing that I wasn't expecting. I felt so psychic and I had insane insanely clear psychic dreams that I thankfully wrote down in my journal and I sometimes read them now and it was like I think there's something about being that clean when you're fasting that you can sort of access Mm -hmm. realms maybe that you are like a little too like weighed down in normal human life to to travel to And I had like, I had full blown, I had like an angel surgery dream. Do, do you remember that? Yeah, I'll never you? forget. You had, a, you had angels I, yeah. working on your body. Yeah. And I woke up, I was like in this like high, high angel realm. And there were like six female angelic beings performing a surgery on me. And I woke up in the morning speaking the words out loud, the child is reborn. Oh, yeah. That was you. And you know what I'm realizing? I'm so happy that we're talking about this. Remember when I was reading you earlier and I said you have all of these women around you? Yes. There were six and they were angels. And I get it now. It was probably them. Um, I think you have a lot of angels in your midst. Mm -hmm. And I think you yourself have a lot of angel energy. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you're connected to those realms. And this whole deck is very angelic. I remember that. Yeah. The psychic ability while water fasting is insane. That's what I really try to hope to get people to achieve with the celestial diet. That's kind of the whole purpose behind it. And speaking of that, I remember laying in the backyard one day at our water fasting house and reading Louise Hay Mm -hmm. and, and feeling like I was speaking to Louise Hay. And she said something really specific to me then, which was that like, I'm meant to write a book like her, you can heal your life, but the world is ready for like a little bit more out there concepts Mm -hmm. than she was able to write about, even though she obviously believed about them and knew about them. And yesterday my medium, Nikki, spoke to Louise Hay, you know, I was in a session with her and she she literally said that. Wow. She goes, this is what Louise Hay just said, that you, Whoa. you know, are going to be able to talk about these topics that she wasn't able to, but she'll help you from the other realm. And yeah. I was like, totally. the water fasting channeling comes full circle. Totally. It was so, that's one of the greatest gifts in fasting. Totally. And Not that now, we are, by the way, recommending anyone water fast because if you ever do, everybody listening, you got to do it medically guided, mm-hmm. medically supervised. Lily and I are not telling anyone to try this at home. No. And we had been healing for years. We'd been so healing we for years. Got our bodies ready to do that. Yeah. And we were living with a doctor. Yeah. We were living with a doctor. <laughs> we called him at all hours of the night. 
Yeah. But, um, (laughs) but yes, your celestial diet, well, kind of back to your chart. It's when I was looking at Jordan's chart, she has no earth in her chart and she has all of this like spiritual watery energy. Like I was saying that she kind of turns into air and I see the way that she's kind of healing is through like transcending this kind of like earthly experience, like while still being here. And, and I know for her, what she's found most healing has been like this celestial diet that she's soon going to be sharing with you guys and water fasting and like your meditation and stuff. And I just love that you know that of yourself, that like lifting up and out is kind of like the way that you, that you feel best Mm -hmm. and that you, you heal your body. Absolutely. It's like a lightness of being Mm -hmm. that I crave all the time. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love it. And I know there's so many people who agree with that philosophy. I mean, many who don't, and and there's many who do. And I think just like your deck and this beautiful work, and now the direction that your life is going was one of the greater purposes for you. Reawakening and being reborn. Mm -hmm. I feel, you know, the direction my life is going is the same. And thank God we are not who we once were. I mean, we were wonderful. We were wonderful. We did cool things, but we are so much more aligned now. Yeah, this is who we are. This is who we are. And it's not easy. As we talked about before we recorded, like death of the old self is really hard and old friendships and things where you, you know, it's an identity anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so hard. I know. I always think, and I think the same is true for you, that for whatever reason, I had to discover who I am by first being who I'm not. And I think that it's, it's hard to sort of like look back on, I'd say like the first 30 years of my life and feel pretty disconnected from who that person, that person was. Right. But yeah, the first 30 year cycle is, yeah, it's, it's a cycle. Yeah. It's what it is. And it's amazing. I'm so drawn to people who evolve and who commit to evolving and who are able to kind of shed those layers, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm so drawn to you. And and you've done that. And you're such a beacon of light to people who are going through it. And keep doing it, you know? Right. I'm so excited to see where, where we're at in the next 30 years from now. Me too. Big things are coming. Yeah. I think that all the time. I think like I feel so kind of like lost right now. Not mm-hmm. even really lost. I feel really blessed for so much in my life, but certain questions I have. Yeah. And I just it's like my um future self speaks to me and mm-hmm. is like it's all good. Totally. It's really good and then I'm like, "Oh yeah. Okay, it's all working out. Mm-hmm. It's all working out." It's it so is. amazing. So, um uh, where can everyone find you and and all that good stuff. Yeah. So um, you can find the deck at lilyashwell.com, my website. Um, and you can also get your own birth chart there if you choose to use the deck to deepen your understanding of um, your chart. And you can find me on Instagram at lilyashwell. And I, I share how to use the Heavenly Bodies deck throughout the month to 
become your own astrologer and decode the different planetary shifts that are happening. Yes, you do. And is there anything left to say about the deck that we didn't touch on yet? I don't think so. Just that it, uh, as connected as I feel to it, I know that the everyone who whose path it crosses will discover that same kind of intimate uh, experience with it. Yeah, and it's as much yours as it is mine. Beautiful. Wow. Yay. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. Cheers to our continued healing. Cheers. And to this amazing, amazing <laughs> body of work. Thank you Heavenly so much. Heavenly body of work. <laughs> Heavenly bodies. Yay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with the beautiful Lily Ashwell. I am so inspired by her healing journey and the ways that she's pivoted her business and her life to really truly align with her soul's true mission, which is, I believe in my heart, why many of us get sick with chronic illness so that we have to then answer to our souls and wake up in a really big way. And Lily is the epitome of doing just that. Her heaven Bodies deck is truly out of this world, and you guys can enter our giveaway to win one of her decks by following Lily on Instagram at Lily Ashwell, rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes, and sending me a screenshot to Jordan at thebalancewand.com. And also, separately, you can enter to win our huge wellness giveaway of the month, which is a combination of cured nutrition CBD, Go Macro Bars. Olipop healthy soda and liquid IV hydration supplements and you can do that by rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes and following the TBB podcast Instagram commenting on the top three posts over there on TBB podcast I am so excited to choose the winners for this weekly it's going to be really really fun so I hope everyone's having an amazing week thank you again to our sponsors from today's episode Olipop can you forex and go macro you guys can check out the show notes for all of the discount codes and amazingness there and i hope everybody's having an amazing soul on fire day let us know your thoughts on this episode over on instagram and we'll chat soon Mwah.